Welcome to the Middle East File. I'm Jeremy Barker, Director of the Middle East Action Team at the Religious Freedom Institute. The Middle East File podcast features conversations with authors about publications on a range of issues impacting religious freedom in the Middle East, including governance and security, humanitarian assistance, geopolitics and foreign policy, human rights, and much more. To find more of these conversations and to learn more about the work of the Religious Freedom Institute, visit rfi.org. Today's guest is Siobhan Fazel, a researcher at the Middle East and North Africa program at the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute. Siobhan spent much of the past decade working at government and NGOs, including the U.S. Institute of Peace, Oxfam, Middle East Research Institute, and now at CIPRI. Siobhan's written extensively on the region in a number of articles and reports on issues of governance, state society relationships, challenges of post-conflict reconstruction, and with Bahar Basser, co-edited a fascinating book released last year by Transnational Press on youth identity, politics, and change in contemporary Kurdistan. The subject of today's conversation is a piece that came out a few weeks ago in the spring issue of Manara magazine entitled The Political Marginalization of Ethnic and Religious Minorities in Iraq. Sharon's piece is the cover story of that issue entitled Suffering and Perseverance and Hope, Minority Voices from the Middle East and North Africa. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Middle East File. Today we have joining us uh, Siobhan Basel from the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute to discuss with us his recent article on the political marginalization of ethnic and religious minorities in Iraq. Siobhan, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. So to start off with, Siobhan, uh, tell us a bit of the the context of this article. Uh, Why did you write it? What's the story behind this piece? I wrote this article because it highlights how the absence of an effective representation exacerbates the feeling of neglect and alienation among minorities in Iraq, and why, without a meaningful representation, minorities cannot raise their issues and concerns, such as justice and restoration in the wake of the conflict the so-called Islamic State, or issues of cultural identity, language, and history, and so on. And it's also important to recall that during the onslaught and the four-year rule uh, of Islamic State in Iraq, the organization particularly targeted minority groups living in Nineveh Plains, such as Christians, Yazidis, Shabaks, and Kakais, and among many others. Nineveh Plains has historically been home to many cultural groups, both ethnic and religious, living side by side, and these minority groups represent an important part of Iraq's multicultural society. However, Nineveh Plains is also a disputed territory, where since 2003, the government of Iraq and the Kurdistan regional government have competed for administrative authority. This competition was partly responsible for the failure to deliver the needs of the region's population and gradually increasing insecurity and tensions, including between minority groups themselves. And finally, nearly five years after the territorial defeat of the Islamic State, the pressure and the suffering of minorities continue. As thousands of Yazidis and Christians remain in displacement for a host of reasons, such as insecurity, contextual and socioeconomic factors, 
And it's in the absence of a post-IS political arrangement and the lingering competition between Erbil and Baghdad over the disputed territories where displaced Yazidis and Christians remain reluctant to return home. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it, it pushes into an important question, um, even as the title of the piece uh, brings out, that this has to do um, not just with the, the humanitarian situation for these communities or even the, the physical reconstruction, but there are serious political questions that are that are at play in this post-Islamic state, post-ISIS um, context in which we're working. And an article does, does a great job of going into those realities. Um, and in considering that, what, what would you say is really the, the main point of the thesis that's driving the article? For Iraq's ethnic and religious minorities to enjoy equal political rights and participate in decision-making, an important place to start is to address their sense of political marginalization. Inclusion through effective and meaningful, not mere symbolic political participation underpins their sense of belonging and is also essential to preserve the country's rich mosaic of diversity and sustain peace in the long run. Improved political participation is essential for minorities to raise their issues and concerns such as displacement or post-conflict reconstruction or cultural identity. Altogether, these factors are crucial for minority communities if they were to not only survive, but also to thrive in their ancestral homeland. Yeah, and that's um, that opening comment about the, the difference of not just symbolic participation, but, um, but meaningful inclusion, I think is, is an important question because you have um, steps that have been taken with uh, the quota system in particular, which is something you talk about um, in the article as, as one means of, of giving um, a voice and inclusion of, of these minority communities. Um, you lay out throughout the argue, or throughout the piece a number of elements to this case um, of marginalization, but also uh, perhaps what could be done. So yeah, walk us through some of the, the key points in, in the argument that you make throughout the piece. Well, I make the I make the argument based on uh, the analysis of interviews that I conducted with the representatives of different minority uh, groups, including Christians, Yazidis, and Kakai, and also based on relevant publications such as academic articles, policy documents, and news reports about minorities and their uh, their plight in Iraq. I've also been working uh, on the disputed territories and Nineveh plains for many years now to understand how the dynamics of governance insecurity and conflict affect peace and stability, and also uh, local populations in these areas. These efforts are all centered on magnifying minorities' voices and grievances through conducting research and dissemination of their research findings through analysis and publications. As it relates to the article itself, uh, I am examining how the quota system, uh, nominally designed to uh, provide minority groups representation, is actually uh, exacerbates and accentuates the suffering and marginalization of these uh, communities. I also make the argument uh, based on uh, the results of recent elections and, uh, and, and how um, the quota seats reserved for these minorities um, were um, 
were taken or were won by candidates that are seen by minority communities not to genuinely represent uh, their communities. More broadly, the political system in Iraq, which has reserved seats for minority communities, it, it, it nominally uh, allows for political participation of these communities, but it allows for everybody to vote for these quota seats. And that's what has provided an opportunity for mainstream political parties to snitch or see those seats as low-hanging fruits and try to take those seats uh, through fielding candidates in, uh, in, in, these, uh, in these areas to represent minorities, or, or more broadly include candidates to represent minorities in their electoral lists. Yeah, and um, this is something with um, that's been present since 2003. Um, but um, did you see this in particular in the elections that took place in October of last year? Um, was this a, an issue that like, continues even into the most recent elections in Iraq? The most recent elections were uh, of particular importance for all Iraqis, including minority groups, because they were held for the first time under a new, uh, a new electoral law that was uh, aimed at enhancing representation among the electorate across the board, um, uh, because it, they came after uh, the mass protest that brought down the previous government. And that's why the election law broke down the previously 18 constituencies to 88 constituencies across Iraq so that uh, so that communities and local populations have uh, stronger uh, representation in their in their localities but unfortunately this was not the case for minorities um, as the uh, the, the um, under under the law and also under the previous electoral laws um, they are reserved certain number of minority uh, uh, reserved quota seats. But as I said, all Iraqis are eligible to elect or to vote for those uh, minority seats that are reserved for, for example, five for Christians and one each for Yazidis uh, and also Armenians, uh, Turkmens, and I believe also for uh, uh, for Baha'is, sorry, for Sabai Mandayans, um, which means uh, any any group can vote for those uh, seats, and that means um, political parties of, of mainstream nature uh, can field candidates and direct their supporters and voter base to uh, to elect a candidate to uh, ostensibly represent uh, those minority groups. That's why it was a particular concern because the election was ha uh, was 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 held to improve representation across all uh, Iraqi segments, uh, but. It did not address the concern of minority groups in particular. Yeah, I think that that's right, and certainly something that that I've heard from um, from minority communities as well in our work of this question around um, even these quota candidates. How much legitimacy are they perceived to have um, within within the minority communities themselves? Um, Within the piece, and we'll, we'll come to some of the, the key recommendations and implica implications um, that you raise in the piece as well. Um, but as you consider this research, are there outstanding questions that, um, that came up through the research that are, are particular areas that, that you'll be looking at or others should be looking at in, in future research? Yeah, as I stated earlier, I've been working on the predicament of minorities in Iraq for several years. 
I'm now looking into misconceptions about the culture, tradition, and faith of minorities in order to understand how misconceptions about minorities and their culture leads to discrimination as well as to social and economic exclusion, which in turn could also further exacerbate the sense of neglect and marginalization among minorities, but also create tensions between different communities in some of these localities in Iraq, where minority groups uh, live side by side. Yeah, cont countering uh, that perception and, and creating that space for, for these groups um, will go a really long way um, towards addressing some of these issues. Um, the final section of your piece and, and for our conversation is, is looking at recommendations and, and what can be done um, coming out of this. And for anyone who's been um, following the situation of minorities over the last 20 or so years, the, the issue of, of emigration from, um, from the country altogether has been has been stark, whether it's the situation for, for Christians that um, have gone from some 1.5 million um, in the early 2000s now down to 200,000 or so. Um, since 2014, the Yazidi community has seen large numbers leaving and otherwise. Um, so that certainly is, is one aspect um, that's aiming to be addressed, but as you as you look at this piece and some of the implications of, of what can be done to address this sense of political mar marginalization, what are the recommendations that, that you would put forward? Numerous pledges and proposals have been made to address the political marginalization of minorities, but successive governments have failed to implement them. Last month, specifically March 6, marked one year since the Pope's historic visit to Iraq in 2021, a day which the Iraqi government has declared as a national day of tolerance and coexistence in the country. However, fostering a culture of tolerance and coexistence requires action. Iraq's political blocs have an opportunity to fulfill their pledges to support minorities starting with the amendment of the quota system in line with international standards to ensure a meaningful and effective, not mere symbolic, political participation for minorities. According to minority rights advocacy groups, an appropriate mechanism to ensure effective participation is to reserve the election of minority quota seats to voters from these communities themselves. The quota will then reflect minorities' aspirations, which also underpin their sense of belonging in Iraq at the same time. Second, it's also important to reverse the immigration of these minority groups whose numbers have been in the decline as targeted attacks against them escalated after 2003, but also since 2014 as a result of deeply entrenched issues, including discrimination, socioeconomic and political marginalization, but of course, the atrocities committed by the so-called Islamic State against them. To, reserve, to reverse these trends, these communities need to be shown that they truly have a place in Iraq, introducing and enforcing legal measures to protect the minor minorities' rights, including the right for effective and meaningful participation, is a clear sign for both the Iraqi and also Kurdistan region's government and their commitment to pluralism and diversity and democracy. Improved political participation is essential for minorities 
not only to raise their issues and concerns, but also to sustain peace and coexistence in the long run in a war-scattered country like Iraq. Yeah, uh, I think that that is exactly right. And um, yeah, building that that sense of inclusion is is critical. And and often um, minorities can be a a sort of a test case for that more broadly. You mentioned a few minutes ago that the 2021 elections were the the first elections held under a a new electoral law um, that nominally was aimed to to be more representative. Um, We've talked so far particularly about um, the situation for minorities and ensuring um, that they feel um, invested in Iraq's political system. How do you see the the situation more broadly for political um, marginalization, not just of minorities, but across the entire electorate in Iraq? Well, I think, um, as we uh, all recall, that the mass protests in 2019 that brought down the government of uh, Prime Minister Adel Abdul Mahdi was largely youth-led. And Iraq is a largely uh, youthful population, and it is a steadily growing population. And the youth in particular feel marginalized as uh, they lack um, uh, uh, the opportunities and avenues for participation socioeconomically is is, um, is scant. And that's why they particularly uh, feel marginalized. And uh, and also we've seen uh, they organize themselves and, and, and um, held mass protests uh, across different provinces in the south of the country. So the political system also needs to uh, uh, make arrangements to uh, for the youth to feel represented, for their voices and grievances to be heard by uh, by the political leaders and lawmakers and uh, and the government more broadly. Uh, this is another another marginalized group uh, in addition to ethnic and religious minorities uh, of the country. I have to also say that women uh, also are a marginalized group. Um, obviously, the election marked. Uh, uh, an unprecedented uh, development uh, as it comes to the the election and representation of women in the parliament um league uh, based uh, based on the uh, legal preservations uh, there are 25% of the seats are reserved for uh for women and we've seen actually more women to be elected than and then the 25% that is reserved for them uh, but that doesn't mean that actually the presence of women in the legislature has translated to the bettering uh, of the socioeconomic conditions of women in the country. So it's essential for women uh, uh, also as another marginalized uh, minority group to, uh, to, to basically have an effective participation. And that, uh, that's basically through addressing uh, some of the popular grievances that women in Iraq face. And that is with both uh, gender-based violence, domestic uh, uh, violence and sexual harassment, but also uh, their, uh, uh, their 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 economic participation in the uh, in the country, both in the public and the private sector. Women have a very low uh, economic participation rate or lo- labor participation rate across the Iraq, uh, and uh, and I suppose it's even uh, 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 direer in certain uh, localities uh, in the country. So this is the two minority groups in addition to ethnic and religious minorities that I see particularly uh, uh, marginalized under the um, 
the current circumstances in the country that are obviously of, of, of vital importance um, because they make up uh, large segments of Iraqi population. And for Iraq to, to, be, to, to be prosper and peaceful and stable, it's essential that, uh, that these, uh, uh, these minorities are included and their plights are addressed. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. And we're now um, recording this in in April, uh, a little bit more than six months on since the elections, and the the government formation process is still still underway. Um, the the ins and out of that we could say for for another conversation, um, perhaps down the line. But there there is this big question over whether. Um, whether that participation, um, as you rightly noted, the high number of, of women that were elected into the parliament, um, even um, even young candidates, there's a, a massive number of, of new parliamentarians that were elected in this latest round, including um, 30 plus from parties or independent candidates that were, are in some sense affiliated with the, the protest movements, um, but now there's this question of can can those elections translate into meaningfully meaningful action for for their constituencies? Are um, yeah are those candidates from um, the kind of Tishreen movement related parties or or from minorities or from women able to to translate election results into um, some amount of delivery for their for their constituencies, and that's I think that remains an open question. Um, but um, but one that I know I know both of us in, in our work we're doing are are aiming to uh, to to see see answers to that question um, in particular. Um, we'll end it there, but I want to give you a chance for any any final words um, as you look at at the situation for. Um, for minorities in particular, that that you covered so well in this, um, any any last comments as we bring this conversation to a close? Well, my last point. Uh, well, my last point. Um, uh, as we mark more than six months since uh, um, the early parliamentary elections were held in October two thousand twenty-one, uh, is also important to note that um, that Iraq is facing an array of challenges, uh, and of course the suffering and the pressure of uh, of Iraq's population, and especially those marginalized groupings that we have mentioned, be it ethnic and religious minorities, the youth and women, are of vital importance to be addressed. However, successive governments don't have a bandwidth of action. Iraq is um, is a resourceful country, but the political system is crippling and uh, impeding action for uh, for this country to uh, to 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 address uh, some of these challenges that it's uh, that it that it's facing. Uh, and, and, and have direct consequences uh, for, for its population, be it uh, socioeconomic grievances, of course, political and personal status uh, uh, grievances, uh, but also uh, the peace and prosperity in the country. These are all important issues that are at stake. And without political action, uh, there will be no inroads uh, to be made by any, uh, by any government uh, whatsoever. Oh, that's right. The layers of challenges are huge. Um, thank you so much, Siobhan, for, for joining us to, to talk about at least one aspect of this on the, um, from your article, The Political Marginalization of Ethnic and Religious Minorities in Iraq. 
um, a great piece, the, the cover piece for uh, the uh, spring issue of Monaro Magazine, um, which a number of really good pieces looking at uh, the situation, not just in Iraq, but across the region uh, for minority communities. So um, uh, be sure to check that out. And once again, thank you, Siobhan, for, for joining us for today's conversation on the Middle East file. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jeremy.